This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another episode of Five on Three. I am the secretary of Slapshots, Will <laughs> Jing. I'm here with the dean of dangles, James Burley, and the professor of puck, Nick Paul. Warming my heart. We're running it back. We're running it back from two weeks ago. Thank you, Nick, for those beautiful nicknames that you came up with. Um, and we're gonna be ha- we have a lot to talk about today. We're gonna be talking about all three teams in the local area: the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils. We're gonna be talking about. The Team Canada sex scandal, which I know uh, James really wanted to mention today. And then we will be finishing with a top 10 power rankings for each of us. But before we jump in, how are you guys doing? You know, I'm doing I'm doing very well. You know, it's uh, getting to the end of the week here. And it's now that we're outside of syllabus week. I mean, just a little personal tidbit for us as students. Uh, school's starting to pick up, so I'm glad to get that first real week of school you know out of the way for the semester and it's uh yeah it's big big week in hockey some big stories coming out both good and bad we're gonna have to talk about it all and uh i'm looking forward to it doing it with you guys yeah both good and bad you mentioned it Uh, a lot of flux here in the national hockey league again for good and bad uh but i'm I'm just happy to be here with you guys I, i think i think this is gonna be a uh fascinating show I think so too, based on our uh, pre pre recording conversations, and I really like that we have for all three of the uh, the teams in the local area, we have one person at this table that's a yeah. fan of each team, so it works out Love very well. And I am going to start off with my team, the Rangers, who once again made me regret staying up late to watch how they were doing against the San Jose Sharks. What an embarrassing loss! That's the worst team in the NHL right now, and. They decide to go up 2-0, and then in the third period, completely blow that lead, go into overtime, and then Mika Zibanejad decides, you know what, my stick is lost. Instead of, (laughs) there's three guys right by the net. Instead of of just going back there and giving my body, I'm going to slowly pick up my stick and then barely enter the view of the camera as that final shot goes in as the Rangers lose to the San Jose Sharks 3-2, to two, and I, I honestly don't know what to say anymore. This team has been on such a bad stretch for the last month, and we were talking about this before the the show, so why don't, why don't we throw this little hot take in there? But to me, it's not really a hot take. Uh, I think the Rangers are playing like a bottom four team right now. I think the only teams that are playing worse at the moment are the Chicago Blackhawks, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. You got to throw the Kings in there. The Kings have won like one game in their last 14. Uh, well, do you the know King- who was against? The Kings beat the Rangers. Yeah, yeah so. they did. <laughs> yes, they did. So Glorious. Uh, quite the embarrassing stretch for the New York Rangers after such a hot start. I mean, the teams that they've lost to, I mean, I mean, let's just run down the past month, okay? They lost to the Sharks most recently. They went down two zero. Uh, they went down two zero to the Ducks in the middle of the game before coming back to win five to two. They lost to Nick Palmer's L.A. Kings two to one. They got blown out by the Golden Knights five to one. They had the one good game where they did look like the the the, the Rangers team from the first few months against the Kraken. They won that five to two. Barely scraped by against the Capitals before that. 
the loss to the Capitals and the Blues and the Canucks and the Canadians before that. And uh, they had a win over the Blackhawks. My gosh, that must have been so difficult to beat Connor <laughs> Bedard's Chicago Blackhawks. So, to me, this team, as I said, is playing like a bottom four team right now. I think that this team will pick it up somewhat. But as of right now, if the, if we're going by how these teams are playing today, this team is bottom four. See, I think it's a, I still think it's a hot take. I, I see where you're coming from. I think I think maybe bottom half, bottom ten is a little more accurate because while it's been certainly a new year to forget for the Rangers, since the new year started, they've played 12 games. They've won just four of them. They opened it up 6-1 loss to the Hurricanes, and they really haven't hit much of a stride since then. They lost four in a row to the the Habs, Canucks, Blues, and Capitals. That's you know That's a divisional team in the Capitals. You can't be losing those games. But the fact of the matter is they still have a comfortable lead at the top of the Metropolitan Division. So because they had such a hot start, they uh, you know they gave themselves the opportunity to go through a slide like this. It's been rough. It's been brutal. Um, most recently blowing that 2 nothing lead to the Sharks, uh, in which they could have made that a game 3-4-5-nothing at times, and they allowed San Jose to get back into it. That's unacceptable. But it's also at the end of a long four-game road trip to the southwest of the U.S., where typically, you know, you play the Golden Knights. That's not a game you expect to win on the road, even if your team is yeah. good as the Rangers. Uh, they probably should have taken care of the Kings. They did take care of the Ducks. The Kings are going through a lot of it right now. You saw, Drew, a lot. you see Drew Doughty's comments about. Oh, there, I the, did. There's guys in this locker room who aren't here for the right reasons. <clears throat> Trevor Moore, uh, Kevin Fiala, <clears throat> Pierre Luc Dubois. It, um, I mean, I think. Don't get me into I PLD. Think, bro. I was going to say PLD is probably the top of that list. Um, but that Sharks game exposed something that. Probably a lot of Rangers fans were hoping uh, not to see this team do, and is that they can crumble. And that's not something that Peter Laviolette's teams are often known for. Uh, I think the Rangers, like you said, probably will turn it back around. I think it's been a bad skid. You know, four of 12 games that you're winning to start the new year is not good for any team trying to maintain their first place position. But they got a big test now where they host the Golden Knights tomorrow night at the Garden. The Golden Knights have had a tough New York area trip in that overtime battle against the Devils. Close call with the Islanders. I mean, you said it yourself. You think the Islanders should have won that game. The yeah. Vegas have not been playing good defensive hockey at all, which I think plays into the Rangers' hands, considering the Rangers haven't been scoring a lot of goals. With the exception of that win over the Kraken and the Ducks, I'm seeing a lot of two goals, two goals, three goals, one goal, and that's since the new year started. So I think this is a good opportunity for the Rangers to get on a vulnerable Vegas Golden Knights team to get back in into the saddle. Um, but it's going to be tough. I, I'm not denying that. And it, it's but it's also a good chance to you know get back to their best before the All Star break next weekend. I'm I'm glad you brought up the goal scoring. I mean I mean the. The Rangers have two more games. They have the Golden Knights and, and Ottawa, so, mm-hmm. so that'll be a good chance to, to get back on track. But Especially for me, Ottawa. For me, that, that starts with Alexi Lafreniere. Um, mm. They're 4-6-2 and two in January. Not good. Um, Lafreniere also not good in January. When he had an excellent first half of the year, I, I think we can all mm-hmm. agree he exceeded expectations there. Uh, I, I want to talk about expected goals because that's an important stat for all the hockey stat heads out there. Let's talk about the worst finishers this season in high-danger opportunities. Mm. You got John Tavares at a negative 9.5. You got Ovechkin at a negative 8.4. The guy cannot find the net right now. Poor Ovi. And third, you have Alexi Lafreniere at negative 8.0. This guy is getting the opportunities on his stick. He's just not converting. So this is this is one of the issues where, okay, you need the kids to start converting. Uh, I mean, you know, Capo 
uh, Kaka was benched against the game of the Ducks, uh, only played about eight minutes in that entire game, so that's not what you like to see. He was obviously the odd man out there. And with Hedl coming back, I mean, could you see Kako on, like, a Cooley Hedl line? I think you could. Uh, but I, I do think it's funny how, if you do see that, Gerard Gallant, like, ran with the kid line, you know? And now you see Laviolette probably going to put two-thirds of it back together um, after he was sort of known as the guy who would switch around the mm-hmm. lineup so often. So, I mean, the Rangers got to figure out something. I don't think they're in a panic mode. As you mentioned, they built themselves a nice cushion at the beginning of the season. That's what you have to do if you want to make the playoffs. So I'm not going to be in the camp where, hey, they're a bottom-four team. I, I think that's – well, I'm going to say it. That's, that's frankly heavy. ridiculous. It's heavy. That's a little ridiculous. But um, am I saying they're, they're – Playing like a bottom half of the league team, yeah, I would argue that in the last and, 15 games. And look, just just real quick before we keep going, the Rangers are a dead even 16th in terms of per, uh, percentage expected goals for at 5-on-5. Five five. And this is consistent with what they were last year and the year before that, is that at 5-on-5, five five, they're not spectacularly better, and they're not expected to be spectacularly they're better special than other teams, teams, though. But their special teams are unreal. At 5-on-4, five guess where they rank in the league? First. Two. Oh, two. two. Okay, who they get taken over? Point zero three percent behind the Florida Panthers. Really? So this is a team that can hurt you when they're at their best, but you know, the numbers suggest that they're, you know, a little bit more average than their record would show. But they have Igor Shosturkin, they have Jonathan Quick, who's been the best best backup in the National Hockey League this season. So they they can afford to not be perfect at five on five and still win games. And I think eventually, you're going to see that trend start to pick up again. You know, I find it funny that everyone likes to paint me. Well, specifically you two now as a <laughs> pessimistic Rangers fan because early on in the season, every everyone was like, the Rangers are for real. There's nothing to worry about. And I said, these trends that and these statistics show that they're probably headed for a similar thing as the past two seasons. And now as they go on a one-month skid, I think even my take was optimistic at this point because wow. this is not just playing like they were last year. This is a horrid skid. But Nick, you mentioned some, uh, you know, some of the Rangers' flaws, including Alexi Lafreniere, um, and James. You mentioned their five-on-five play. They're actually below average on uh, some statistics at five-on-five, including uh, save percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, their power play and penalty kill, while they were much better earlier in the season, and they are still not bad. They're not as good as they were, uh, especially that's because of this of this skid. And uh, I'm going to talk about their biggest problem. I think right now though i think their biggest problem is their defense the amount of odd man rushes they're giving up um is really bad they're they're not controlling the puck well a lot of times uh causing turnovers at poor times sometimes in your own in their own zone um their goalie play obviously from igor shesterkin i mean uh, you know this is just uh not just a problem with the defenseman it's it's a little bit of a goalie problem too i'm not saying igor is horrible it's not, <laughs> but he's not what he was a couple of seasons ago and then i mean i mentioned this with with uh jack and um oh it was maddie also in here last week on five on three some of these guys are just getting moved around like they're cones i mean it, it's it's like they, they might as well not even exist i mean you know uh especially i've, I've seen adam fox and keandre miller have some horrible moments and then I, you know, um, Brian Lindgren, he, he's solid at times, but he's just become more of, more of a punching bag than the guy that's dishing out the punches. So I think that th- this team overall defensively, they have a lot of work to do. I think offensively they do as well, but I think that that is more of a fixable problem than the defense looks right now. 
I, you know, I'm glad you, you mentioned Miller and Fox specifically. You single them two out. Lindgren has kind of been, you know, people have talked about him dropping to the third pairing of D. It's kind of been something that he was supposed to be a shutdown guy paired with Truba. You really, you know, get your, your best defense from that. But he hasn't been great on the blue line this year, so they've dropped him back with Braden Schneider, who's taken some big strides. But Fox has never been the guy that you thought would be a lockdown defenseman. And with Lindgren playing like the way he has, Miller's had to step up into that top line D role and is also, you know, sort of, you know, round peg square hole type of type of deal there because he hasn't really ever been that type of guy in his career where he's been a solid two way defenseman, never never guy you want to rely on for twenty five minutes a game. But with that said, I still think that the pieces are there for the Rangers to get they're back to their best, and if you want to say back to their best, I think they could they could have been even better than they were at the start of the season, where they were kind of stealing games late and they had a great attitude and identity about them. I still think that there are some players on this team that, you know, when Philip Heedle comes back into the lineup or when Alexi Lafreniere starts hitting his stride again, that, you know, these these issues could really resolve themselves. I've really loved LaViolette's approach to the game, and, you know, it makes me sort of you know, go against what Rangers fans have been saying forever and that they've been very critical of teams who play a trap for obvious reasons. But the Rangers have such a successful trap in the neutral zone. Yeah, It's been tough this this January because they've been skated through a lot of guys like Cones. You're, you're not wrong about that. But if they can, you know, readjust and get back to their strategy and maybe bring in another winger who's not named Blake Wheeler to play on the top line, then I think they're going to have some more consistent play um, and they're going to start dominating games at 5-on-5 five five again like they did at the start of the season. They looked better than the team they were a year ago at the start of the season, uh, and they really haven't continued that. Uh, I think Filipino's a bigger loss than people realize, but that's not an excuse because this team is you know 98% healthy regardless and can still do some damage, and they will. I think that by the end of January, by the time the All-Star break, they're going to take a time to readjust, and I think that they'll be in decent to great shape by the end of this season. Yeah, I, I mean, just one thing we haven't touched on before we move on is Nick Benino just got placed on waivers mm-hmm. uh, for the New York Rangers. I mean, he he signed a one year eight hundred k contract, just just a low level contract. How for many the Rangers. teams has that guy been on, dude? So many. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But I mean, five points in forty five games—that's not gonna fly. Yeah. Uh, I guess before we move on, will just just what are your thoughts on Nick Benino? Do you think he's gonna clear waivers? Uh, I think he will. Yeah, I, I think he certainly yeah. will. I think he'll he'll clear waivers. I think this is one step in the right direction for the Rangers. It's a small step, though. He is the worst plus-minus on the team right now. Um, Mm. Has only had five points this whole season, so not a great look. But you guys mentioned Philip Heedle. um, You mentioned Nick Benito, Nick. So there's there's some transactions going on with this Rangers team, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Philip Hedl might end up being Nick Benito's replacement, actually, on the third line, depending mm-hmm. on when he returns. There's no timetable for his return, but he actually did practice today. And uh, he hasn't played since suffering a concussion in their win on November 2nd over the Carolina Hurricanes. Today is his first practice back. We'll see uh, We'll see when he returns. I hope, as a Rangers fan, personally hope that is soon. But just to wrap up this Rangers segment real quick, do you guys have any moves that you would recommend the Rangers make before the trade deadline? James, do you want to hear this? I'm uh, go. Vladimir Tarasenko. Are you serious? I'm so serious. He's going to wave. Look, he has a no-trade clause with the Ottawa Senators. This would be the most Rangers move of all time to rehire Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, that's my hot take. Go ahead, Jamesy. Well, I mean, I was going to say 
anyone in the market for a top line winger is the New York Rangers. I mean, I don't think Tarasenko is good enough to be your top line or no. guy. Like, but you need a top six. You need a top six winger, pre- preferably on the right side. Because if I if I rattle off six names for you, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Vincent Trocheck, who has played tremendously, mm. stepping up into a second line center role, Alexi Lafreniere, and Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler doesn't belong there. Blake Wheeler should be a third liner on this team. Tyler Pitlick, you can get out of the lineup and let Wheeler take some bottom six minutes. One more scoring winger on this team to pair with either Panarin or Zibanejad would make would be unbelievable for the Rangers. I think. I think you're you're gonna see. I don't know who it is. I don't have a name for you right now. But if they could bring in someone of that caliber, similar to what the Devils did at the deadline last year, bringing in a guy like Timo Meyer, whereas the Rangers brought in Kane and Tarasenko, who were already kind of you know finished pieces, where Timo Meyer is a guy you could sort of build around. I, I think right. that's that's the type of player you need to bring in if you're the Rangers. But need is, is, is a strong word for me because I think they're still going to finish top of the Metro, if not second and close to top of the Metro by the time the season's end. But if they bring in a winger, I put them up one. I, they're going to work their way out of this. I'm not, I'm not concerned yeah. about the New York Rangers as much as you are, Will. I, I, I think, I think they're, they're a top three team in the so Metro, it, guaranteed. Well, it's not so much about are the Rangers going to fall, it's are the Hurricanes going to you know, catch up. And I think that's that's a better question Canes to ask. are pretty good. Yeah. Aren't they? They Aren't beat they? the Boston Bruins last night. I mean, Nick, you kind of took my idea. I think that this team should also go after Vladimir Tarasenko. They need somebody on the right wing. Obviously, Alex, uh, Alexi Lafreniere is not a natural right wing. He's been playing there, though. And I, I'm hoping that the Rangers can get somebody that is a little bit more of a playmaker style because Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider are much more uh, of scores than facilitators, I feel, just from watching them. So anything to add to that, um, I think would be really, really helpful. And then I think that I don't, I, I don't know what they can do to add to their defense. But I've heard that Noah Hanfin is on the trade block, so mm. I don't know if that's. I've never been big on Hanfin. Hanfin like and Tanev, you know, you could look at anywhere, anywhere in Calgary. Players are they're they're gonna have a fire sale. The Flames are gonna have a fire sale. So good one, yeah. good one. I, I think any team that needs a bolster on the blue line is gonna look there first. And I I, I, I think I think honestly, any of these teams in the New York area would make a move like that. Even the Islanders. I would take Tanev over Hannafin though. I think uh, yeah, more size than speed. Yeah, for sure. That's fair. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, the Rangers play Vegas Friday, and I, I would say that this is very outlandish, but and this is very far fetched, but. You know, Jonathan Marchessault is a free agent this summer, so oh. I mean, I'm just saying he's but. gonna get a bag, bro. He's gonna get so God. much money next year. That Good for him. That guy's talented. Good for him. And I hate the Vegas Golden Knights so much. No one likes him. But we're gonna move across town to talk about Knicks, New York Islanders, no. or well, it's a second team, right? Because the uh, the Kings are, I'm assuming, still his. No, the the Islanders are are my are my first team. I've been following oh, wow. the Islanders for for years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so correction, Nick Nick Palmer's <laughs> first team now. Let's call him equivalent. <laughs> Sorry, people in LA. Well, the Islanders have made a coaching change recently from Lane Lambert to Patrick Roy, and as Nick Palmer claps beside me, uh, and they have been keeping Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell on the same line, which is something that I know Islanders fans will be happy about. It's something that Jack was very critical of uh of Lane Lambert for last week. Oh no, not not keeping them on the same line, separating them. Ah, yes. Okay. Jack Warner was very critical about that. They still lost to Vegas three to two, but I think that that's not a loss that you go home and, and really cry about because Vegas they are the defending champs. 
They haven't been super consistent throughout this whole season, but again, they are still the defending champs. They do still have guys like Jonathan Marcheseau and Jack Eichel. So there is a lot to to still look forward to for Islanders fans. I'm going to throw it to you, Nick, first as the Islanders beat reporter here at WFUV. What do you make of this coaching change, and uh, what do you see for the Islanders moving forward here? Just absolutely electric. I mean, come on, are you kidding me? You get you get two of the you get arguably one of the best tandems in the league. A head coach is Patrick Waugh. I mean, uh, I I think uh, Varlamov said something like he was shaking when he heard that that news. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. We asked Sorokin. Uh, right after the Dallas Stars game about what it felt like having Patrick Waugh as his head coach. And he said, I used to watch all of his highlights growing up. I mean, he was one of my heroes. But I, I, I think I think besides all the fanfare and all of that, um, Patrick Waugh is about resetting the defense. The defense is what needs a reset here for the New York Islanders. And that's cutting down on shots against, uh, chances against, turnovers. I mean, he, he pointed out after the Dallas Stars games, you know, um, you know 17 shots were created by turnovers, which is absolutely unacceptable, even though they ended up winning the game. And I think you could argue that in the Vegas game, they played better than they did in the Dallas game and still lost. Uh, you know, a couple of turnovers in that Vegas game. Uh, but I, I don't think that was concerning at all. I mean, look, in, in the second game, they cut down to 27 shots against, which is so much better than the game against Dallas. And, I mean, Was said afterwards that, like, Look, that's 13 real scoring chances for the Golden Knights. If you only give them 13 chances to score, that absolutely plays. And and I, I also want to talk about the fact that Matt Barzell is super happy about Patrick Waugh being the head coach. Um, How could you not? Almost to the point where it seemed like he was dissing Lane Lambert uh, <laughs> for a game or two there. And so after the Vegas game, he, he said, th- this is a direct quote, by the way, I need to go on record with this. Lane is a really good coach. He's extremely detailed. One of the most detailed guys I know. And another team is going to be very fortunate with him. <clears throat> no. Um, mm. And he said, I truly mean that. But with Patrick, what he's telling us is a lot of plays we can make on instinct. It's using your legs, more skating, more aggressiveness. You're not out there thinking. You're just going. And that's what we're trying to get in here in a short period of time. It's more aggression playing together. That's what the Islanders and I was going to say, that sounds like Islanders hockey. You know what I mean? That Thank sounds you. That sounds like something that they could have been doing under, dare I say, do I bring back a name from the past? Do I say Barry Trotz? You're going to say like, Barry Trotz? Yeah. That, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and that should be the standard. Should it should not? be. Are you kidding it's me? It's Barry Trotz, man. This team never deserved to make those playoff appearances mm-hmm. in ni- in uh, 2019, 2020. They never mm-hmm. deserved that. They were not on the same quality as other teams. But it was the Barry Trotz style. It's defensive first, mm-hmm. and that's what Patrick Waugh's all about. I'm also very excited for how Patrick Waugh's going to help out our goalies, whether that's making sure that, hey, maybe our players aren't screening Ilya Sorokin when he's trying to make a save. It's stuff like that. It, it's it's the basics. It's the fundamentals on defense. Uh, the New York Islanders, I'm so happy Patrick Waugh is the head coach because even though they're one-on-one in the Waugh era... <laughs> They're 2-0 and in my mind. I think they're playing remarkably. Well, I'll give you a stat that you, I don't think you're going to love, Nick, but Go you're going you're gonna to like the higher because of it. Leading the league in giveaways to opponents far and away in first and second are the Nashville Predators and Montreal Canadiens with yep. 422 and 415 respectively. The predators? And then, yeah, the Predators are ah. number one. Yeah, and then in third, it's the New York Islanders at 360. Yes. Which is, you know, that's a scary number. But... I think it's attention to detail now from the front office, from my goat, Lou Lamorello, 
who really wants to bring in a defensive-minded coach and Patrick Waugh. I mean, how could you get more defensive-minded than, what do you want to call him, the second, third-best goalie to ever live? I mean... He's not number one. If you if you even are you gonna call it Martin Brodeur? What, am I gonna call it? I mean, most wins, most shutouts, most playoff wins for Vesna. Like it's kind of hard not to say he's he's the the goat because he is the goat. But you have the second goat as your coach, and that's pretty cool too. Um, and I think that's look that Vegas game was what very neutral zone heavy. Yeah, very tight. Only a couple of mistakes. That's really the made sort the of thing there. you're gonna see. And, and for a team like the Islanders, who while they give the puck away a lot. Their share of takeaways is still positive per game. Yeah. That means they take the puck more than they give it, and they give it up a lot. So for the Islanders to have that attention to detail now defensively while still catering to their strong forecheck, their strong tightness in the neutral zone, I think they're going to be in great shape moving forward, uh, which, you know, that scares me as a fan of a, the Devils, who are a bubble team in the, in the Metro right now. Neck and neck with you neck, guys. Neck and neck. And now the Flyers, who are, I mean... Flyers have got their own can of worms now because they're not going to have their starting goaltender for a while, as well, we know. He blows anyway. Well, he, uh, I mean, look, <laughs> he he was he's he's a lot, he's a guy a lot of teams wanted to sign this I off know. season. So, I think that the Metro now three and four spots are wide open, uh, and I think the Islanders have a really strong case to lay their claim at number three. Now the Islanders don't have the most difficult schedule ahead of them. Uh, they have I've looked at the rest of their season. It's it's manageable. They play the Canadians later today. Uh, the Panthers are their the following matchup, which is Oy. really the only difficult one until I don't know. I would say until the Dallas Stars on February twenty sixth, and I'm skipping over the Rangers for. And you get season. an All Star break in there. You, you, there's so much that can happen in that time. Who, so who's, who's being just sorry? Yeah. Who's going to the All Star game for the Isles? It's Matt Barzell, it's Barzell. and only and Matt only Barzell. Barzell because mm-hmm. no one decided to vote Noah Dobson, even uh, though he should totally be there. He should totally be yeah. there. That said, uh, in his last game against Vegas, he made some pretty poor passes, one leading to a game. I I think he needs to tone down his aggressiveness, especially with Wah. That that's one of my criticism mm-hmm. about the Islanders. Anyway, so. Now we spoke about you know James, you specifically spoke about the the seating in the metro mm-hmm. in the metro division. I think we're all pretty sure that the Rangers and the Canes, given that they play decent for the rest of the season, will be one and two going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Who do you guys think is going to be number three, and will there be a wild card team that comes from the metro, or will both come from the Atlantic division? I I, I hate doing this stuff early, but I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to lay it on the line. I think the New York Islanders are going to finish third in the Metropolitan I Division. I love you. I think they will, man. I think they will. I think I think there will be a team from the Metro that takes a wild card spot, and I think it's going to be the New Jersey Devils. I think Jack Hughes is going to come back after the All-Star break. It's going to be back on a point, two points per game. And I think that's going to be enough to get the Devils over the Flyers, who, yes. Lost three in a row. Lost three in a row and just lost their starting goaltender for reasons we obviously know. So... I think that the Flyers, as much as I look, I love John Tortorella. Yeah. I think he's such a good coach. If I if I'm like I'm talking about Peter Laviolette, we're talking about the old school coaches, like the old guard of coaches. Yeah. Peter Laviolette established a neutral zone trap early in the year for the Rangers. It was so effective, teams couldn't skate through them. Now teams are starting to figure it out. The Flyers have an even better one, if 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 you ask me. But they have such worse players across the board that it's. I mean, they have to play to that system or else they're screwed. They're consistent to that system because I guess if you don't play the way John Tortorella wants you to play, you don't play at all. Nope. Uh, and, and that's he's a strong man with strong convictions. Loved what he did uh, defending Kevin Hayes like that, a former player of his that he didn't even agree with, that he didn't like. 
and he stood up for him. So John Tortorella is a good man. I, I think the Flyers, though, because they don't have the firepower that the Devils have, they don't have this now galvanizing spirit that the Islanders have, I think the Flyers are going to fall to the wayside and finish fifth in this division. Uh, and, and look, everything's still tight. The Penguins still somehow have a chance in this right now. I think that's you know that's easier said than done, but they're still alive. I, I'm going to go Rangers, Rangers one, Hurricanes two, Islanders three, Devils four, and I think the Devils sneak into a wild card. Do Do you want to know the problem though? What's the Is problem? that the Tampa Bay Lightning exist? I'm not worried. Right, about. but that means they're a guaranteed wild card spot, if not top three. I, it does. They're on a heater. Um, mm-hmm. they're seven and three in their last ten, and Detroit's seven and three as and well. And Detroit is seven two and one yeah. in their last ten, and Buffalo just took a big win in L.A. <laughs> um, that also scares me. I think the Devils also will be a wild card team. I I can agree with you there. I think the Fly guys will drop out, and so you're gonna have the Devils and the Lightning as as your two wild card teams. So how's I, that for a prediction, Will Jing? I think that's a I'm pretty good prediction. We'll get into more similar types of talk with the power rankings later on. But we talked about Carter Hart, the Philadelphia Flyers goalie. So let's dive into that, huh? Um, So in the past few days, we've had the sex scandal surface with a woman in London, Ontario, Canada, accusing multiple members of the junior team in 2018 Team Canada of sexual assault. So some of those players include London Knight Alex Formenton, Philadelphia's goalie Carter Hart, the Flames forward Dylan Dubé, and uh, and for the New Jersey Devils they have Cal Foot and Michael McLeod, uh, that have all have they have all taken a leave from their team while this, this whole situation goes on. So the the report is that Hockey Canada supposedly supposedly excuse me paid a three point five five million dollar settlement to the women that accused these players of sexual assault. And according to this lawsuit, which was filed against Hockey Canada, which is the governing body for the sport of ice hockey in Canada, uh, this lawsuit was filed in April 2022. This woman apparently met some of the players at a bar after a gala before going to a hotel room with one of the players, which was consensual. But then afterwards, this woman says that seven other hockey players entered the room and then she was sexually assaulted despite her attempts to leave. That comes from the website For The Win, a website under USA Today Sports. What do you guys make of this? I, I mean, th- this has been... The fact that it's just only coming to surface now, of the, who was involved, it's such a disservice to the victim that this has been dragged out this long. I mean, since 2018, the story has been sort of known, and in 2022, when the lawsuit was made official, it's been very public. Um... There are some big names who were on that 2018 Canada Junior team, as big as Kale McCarr. Yeah. And everyone sort of knew for a while that Alex Fromenton was involved when he didn't play at all last year for the Senators and went off to Europe. And, you know, he's been summoned back to London, Ontario, uh, as has the Devils have have uh, made notice that Michael McLeod and Cal Foote are not going to be with the team. Carter Hart not going to be with the Flyers. Dylan Dubé not going to be with the Flames. Um, and that's just five names. I know you, you said that there were as many as eight people involved. That's just yeah. five names. The, the, yeah. the fact that Canada Hockey went through all those lengths to cover it up using junior uh, youth hockey uh, admissions uh, prices, like families paying for their kids to play hockey, that money went to settle these lawsuits. It's so disgusting, and it's so absolutely terrible from every every which way you look at it. This has been one of the worst stories ever. And meanwhile... 
I have to I have to levy some criticism to these teams because look, everybody knew which players were potentially involved, and yet, I mean, these guys were kind of just it was ignored. Scott you know, free. Yeah, Michael McLeod and Cal Foot for the longest time have been in the Devils organization, but Michael McLeod was never available for post game interviews. Why? I think the team knew about this sort of thing or what maybe could surface, and they kind of swept it under the rug, much like Canada Hockey did. Now, Canada Hockey's got all new organization from the ground up. They, they should absolutely tear that down and build it up because what, what they've allowed to continue to go on is so disgusting and so horrible. Um, I hope that you know the players who were involved get the justice they deserve, go to jail, lock up, never play in the NHL again, never play a game of pro hockey again. And the fact that we've known about this for this long and it's only just now coming to light is, for me, the saddest thing because yeah. it's... There's some we've known that hockey culture isn't perfect and this is, you know, the rotting core of it and this story has been very well known about for several years. It's been very publicized. Uh I think that everyone needs to take a good hard look at what it is to be in hockey, what hockey culture is like and this sort of thing should never have happened and yet it's been 6 years and we're still drawing everything out. Yeah. So this is absolutely dreadful, a dreadful situation. I just hope that the victim you know, get some resolution in this and that justice is sought for everyone involved. And yeah, if any of those five players that have now been summoned by the London, Ontario police, it doesn't just end with them. Other players knew about this. Other members of the Canada hockey organization knew about this and didn't do enough to help. And for me, that's, that's why we can levy all these criticisms towards hockey culture as a whole. Uh, and, and this isn't the first time. Kyle Beach and the Chicago Blackhawks 2010 scandal wow, was, was, about that. was an awful, awful story that was covered up by so many people, including the National Hockey League as an organization. So these are, this is a rotten, rotten story that is not an isolated event that involves too many people to even mention. So I think there's, this, is a, this is an opportunity for everyone around the sport to take a good, good, hard look at what it means to be a hockey player, what it means to involve yourself in a sport, you know, to be in a locker room, to have brothers, to then go abandon your brothers because you make stupid mistakes with people and you hurt people. It's absolutely disgusting. And I, I really think that this has gone on for far too long. This has to be the last time we ever hear of a story like this. But, I mean, look, in all sports, really, not just hockey, this sort of thing keeps persisting and it's disgusting. I just hope that the victim finds some resolution and that justice is sought. Uh, you touched... That that was honestly beautiful, James. Uh, and yeah, I, I, uh, I I'm not only gonna echo what you say. You, you're right. It it I I'm sick of sports players pretending like they're not civilian people. Mm -hmm. uh, just because you're fantastic at hockey doesn't mean you get to bend the law. And uh, it obviously to the victim. Good God, uh, you deserve justice what, five years ago now? Yeah. Uh, six, almost six years ago. Good God. But outside of that, Carter Hart was, I, I just, I'm going to single him out because he was one of the reasons he, I started playing hockey. Yeah. Um, coming, cu coming into juniors, he was sort of the guy who was like, okay, he's around my age. This guy is, he was supposed to be the goaltender of the future. Mm -hmm. And I, I really looked up to him. I watched all of his highlight reels, and and to, I mean, to hear about this, it it's, it's 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 shattering. And uh, it, I James, you, you you touched everything. I'm, the victim deserves 
just everything that she can get right now because hockey and and just just sports it doesn't make you exempt from these kind of things and, and I I I hope this is a wake up call do I think it is we'll see yeah we'll see and that and that's a really it's a sad thought to have mm-hmm. yeah I mean throughout the years I mean we've we've just seen this happen across all sports it's it's extremely sad that you know we still deal with this and you know a lot of athletes like you guys say like they think that just because they're athletes and they have some kind of status and like you know suddenly that 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 makes them you know able to 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 bend the law and do things like this and and not get punished for it and like yeah like sure maybe you think that status makes you more attractive but it doesn't allow you to 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 break laws and and hurt other, other people like that and you know, especially for the victim, I can only imagine what she she's been through. You know, sexual assault is not a joke. Um, and Nick, I don't know if you've heard about this, but in freshman year, I also had uh somebody assault me, which is why, one of the reasons why I moved out of our. I heard about that. Our dorm and listen, I don't, I don't want to, I don't. <laughs> but the Fordham University did try to cover it up, and so to me, like, I already went through a lot, and like to to have somebody be sexually assaulted is like that's probably beyond what what I had to go through, you know, and and to have not just your university cover cover uh up an assault case like it was for me and to have an entire an entire sport basically try to try to cover it up and the amount of people that must have been that try to try to cover it and then the amount of people that lot. sexually assaulted you like you know, I, I really hope that she finds some kind of kind of resolution, you know, gets whatever kind of help she needs and and hopefully she's able to move on and li- live a decent life. Um, but moving away from this now, we're going to talk Oof. about the New Jersey Devils, who are obviously affected by the scandal. Mm-hmm. They missed a difficult stretch in their schedule. They lost to the Dallas Stars, but they were able to beat the Vegas Golden Knights Monday. That is a, a bright spot for them. They did it without Jack Hughes. Offensively, they were very good uh, in the Goaltending uh, <laughs> realm, not so much, no. allowing five uh, five goals from the Golden Knights. Now, the Golden Knights are a very good offensive team, but to need six goals to beat them in overtime, not exactly the best look. James, as the resident Devils reporter here at WFUV, uh, any thoughts on the way the Devils have been recently? I, I Look, I think you, you nailed it, and I think it's the same sort of things we've been talking about time and time again. It starts in net. And, yeah, they still haven't figured it out there, which is okay. And the reason I say it's okay is because there is now an opportunity because it's only just happened today. Dougie Hamilton has been assigned on long-term injured reserve, which now means his $9 million contract does not count towards the salary cap for the Devils. They have now $18 million free, more or less. It's time to bring in a goaltender. Tom Fitzgerald, you just got extended. It's time to bring in a goaltender. What's I don't, your name? What's my name? What's your What's na- the goaltender's name? <sighs> Look, it's it. You say Soros is is ideally the one you want to bring in. I think, Be, but I could say I could say Gibson, I could say Swayman or Olmark. Really, who, who do you want? Who do you want me to say? Uh, you You know who it's gonna. You be? want me to say quick? You know who it's gonna be. <laughs> Uh, let's take a trip to the Heartbreak Hotel. It's Elvis Mers Lincoln no, who's going to be no, your goaltender. No, no. Mers Lincoln's would would be is worse than Akira Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, he's not that good. But I guarantee you, that's who they're going to sign. Oh God, I, you know what? 
it wouldn't be inconsistent with some of the goalies they signed in the past when Mackenzie Blackwood was injured for a while. They brought in Andrew Hammond and John Gillies, and I feel like Elvis Merzlikens kind of falls into that category. But don't I, forget, he has like ten teams on a no trade clause. So yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. That's true too. I look. I'll, I'll tell you what. The Devils can win games with bad goaltending. Look at Vitek Vanacek's record. He's sixteen seven and four, and he's had he's had he is. He, him and Ilya Samsonov have been the two worst goaltenders in the NHL all season long. That's not up for debate either. They've been the two worst in terms of save percentage, goals against average, and the advanced statistics. They are at the basement. And he still has a winning record, a very positive one at that. More wins than Ottinger, more wins than Vasilevsky, and, and several others. I'm, I'm, I'm not naming everyone right now, but several others. The point being, the Devils are in a tough spot with injuries right now. We know that. Hamilton's out. Siegenthaler's out. Um... And that's just their top-line defense right there. Gone. Out. Uh, and now, look, the bench is going to be shorter. Michael McLeod established himself as a really important player this year. And, you know, a lot of fans were cagey about supporting him because of they knew that he potentially could be involved with the 2018 junior team scandal. And now that it's looking more and more likely that he was, it's time to now look at different alternatives into the center of the ice. Eric Halla, Dawson Mercer, Nico Heashier. Those are two. Those are three guys you can rely on to play center. And when Jack Hughes comes back, that middle of the ice is going to look a lot stronger again. But for now, they need to come up with better solutions. Andre Palat re comes back into the lineup. You need him to step up. Making six million dollars a year, kid, step up. All right. We need playoff Palat to come back alive in the regular season. And look, with this pressure on the Devils, and now potentially some morale issues because two players just were involved in a very horrible scandal. How are they going to bounce back? How are they going to do this? They've already dealt with so much adversity this year, and it's a young team. You've got two defensemen on the blue line currently who are long-term NHLers, really, and it's John Marino and Colin Miller, and maybe you can count Kevin Ball on that list, but Colin Miller has been in and out of the lineup with a scratch. He's been really good when he's available and healthy. But then Simon Nemec has stepped in and has been awesome, but he's, he's still got pieces to his game he needs to develop. Luke Hughes, not a great one-on-one defenseman, not super, super reliable positionally, and he changes at bad times, something I've noticed. Oh, he's a, terrific, he's a terrific player. You give those guys a couple years, bar none, they're going to be all-star caliber defensemen. Bar none. But right now, they're not there yet. With the injuries in place, and now with potential morale issues going on with the whole scandal, and players arguably coming back, maybe not. We don't know about Hughes yet. If we're thinking all-star break, he's going to be back. That would be unbelievable. For now, they have to fight through this adversity and get wins. And that's exactly what the Golden Knights game looked like. They dealt with every single punch the Golden Knights gave them, but they were also a bit lucky that Vegas did not uh, remember how to defend in a hockey game. So they took that one in OT. They're going to have to get some luck down the line. But for a team that, look, in terms of uh, expected goals percentage, they're 7th in the National Hockey League at 5-on-5. That's really good. It's very good. That's that's better than their standings that their record would suggest. But that means they got to hit the net. That means you got to put the puck in the back of the net. You got to score on these chances. And look, when you're giving up any chances and your goaltenders aren't making saves, those chances again start to feel worse and worse and worse. Even though statistically yeah. the Devils are middle of the pack in terms of big chances given up per games uh, uh, compared to the rest of the league. These things they've got to tighten up. I'm 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 excited for Palat though, like you mentioned. Yeah. He it's his it's his first appearance since late December, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Um he's a middle six. He's middle six, mm-hmm. guaranteed. And um 
he's not going to go onto the Hishier line. I think we've all accepted that. That that group I think looked great with Timo Meyer on Monday. Um, but yeah, I, no, I I uh, I'm excited for Palat. I I think look, five goals, nine assists, thirty five games. Not excellent by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that's low for a quality. Yeah player like Palat is and I think he has he's one of those players that has a lot of impact off of the puck um compared to a lot of other players so I think you know I think he's going to be fantastic I'm, I'm excited for what Palat will be mm-hmm. able to do the Stelvel team does not have the easiest schedule upcoming in the near future or for the rest of the season um but now we will as they continue to to deal with some some injuries in Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes I guess we'll see if they if they somehow sneak into the playoffs. I think it's going to be really, really difficult. But to wrap up this show, uh, me, James, and Nick, we're going to go over our top ten power rankings. So I don't want to I, see. I don't want this to drag out too long, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let's go. Let's go around and uh, let's talk about. Let's give three teams at a time. I think I think that's a good way to go about it, and then. We'll just give a quick overview of why those three teams. So we'll start off with 10, 9, 8. Okay. I'll go first. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs at number 10. I have the Carolina Hurricanes at number 9. And I have the Vegas Golden Knights at number 8. Now, okay. originally, I ha- I had uh, I've been thinking about this, and the Leafs were originally not going to be number 10. But after seeing yesterday when... They played the Jets, and, I mean, given they only scored one goal um, against Brassois, who was the, the Jets' backup goalie. But I thought that just overall they, they played a very solid game. I, I think they've had uh, a solid stretch after losing a lot of uh, games where they just blew leads. Um, you know, the Canucks you kind of expect to lose, but even that wasn't the mm-hmm. worst showing in the world. Um, they lost 6-4. to four. I think uh, they're... Their strength, obviously, is their offense, and then, you know, for them getting their goaltending right, just like the Devils, is is uh, is what's going to make the difference down the road. As Samsonov's goaltending was one of the big reasons why they were able to beat the Jets last night. And then, as for number nine, the Hurricanes, they were able to beat the Bruins last night, and they haven't been the most consistent, but they're always going to be there, and I'm sure they're going to be either number one or number two in the Metro. And then at number eight, Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights, you can never really count this team out. The defending champions, just a lot of depth, have a lot of the same guys that they did last year. Um, Haven't had the most impressive stretch as of late, other than the fact that they beat the Bruins. But, you know, since then, they've they've been very solid, and uh, I'm excited to see what that team does moving forward. And now I'm going to swing it over to James. We have a similar three, but mine's... Only a hair different. In 10, I have the Leafs. In 9, I have the Hurricanes. In 8, I have the Rangers. Which is, if you look at the actual standings of the National Hockey League, that is our 10th, 9th, and 8th. But the reason I had the Hurricanes above the Rangers for a minute and then I changed my mind is because I haven't seen enough good, and I, look, injuries have played a part in this, goaltending from the Hurricanes has been wishy-washy at times this season. While at the Rangers, it hasn't been... You know, Igor has had better years. Their tandem is is elite. Shesterkin and Quick have been unreal uh, as as a, as a duo. So I have to keep the Rangers high. And I look and I think that this skid that they're going on this month probably kept them out of me putting them in there in the top six or top five. But I like the Rangers for what they're doing this year. 
The Hurricanes, I think, might eclipse them and finish ahead of them. But at this point in time, I have them in ninth. And yeah, the Leafs are the same thing. Goaltending has been an issue for them. But we look at that team on paper, and they we always know that they're going to be a mess on the blue line and they're going to score loads of goals. They're not getting a bunch of firepower from all their guys. I mean, Nylander and Matthews are killing it. But, like, you had John Tavares' stats on his Dude efficiency sucks. in front of goal. Should have stayed on Long Island. I mean, do you want him there? Nope. There you no, go. No, I don't. So I think the least in 10th is, is fair. The only thing is I'm keeping one big team out of my top 10 for how they started the season. And you know what? I'm, I, I think I'm going to have to readjust my list and put them into the 10. I think I have and who to. would that be? It, it's Edmonton. It's like I can't. They're I not in your top ten. I know. I like they like, weren't. What? Like I. Good heavens, Jamesy. Because you know what? You know what's gonna happen, right? They're gonna in the second round of the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna find one team that has a better goalie than them, and then they're gonna every game is gonna be seven to five, seven to six, six to four, and they're gonna lose in five six games. It's what it happens every year, guys. It's what's going to happen. Again I know, this but year. we're not predicting the playoffs. We're talking about the best ten we're, teams in the NHL. I think I think power rankings is the best ten teams. And if your team can't win in the playoffs, I don't know if I can put you in my top. Like I, but know, you have the Leafs in your top ten. I, they can't win in the playoffs. But Joseph Wool can be a goaltender in the playoffs, can't he? Can't he? And Samsonov is now starting to play like like Linus Olmark over there. Hey, I have hey, to just, you, just you one game slow down there. You don't think Stuart Skinner can put no. a couple great games together? I know I don't. Think he had some fantastic games recently. I don't think Stuart Skinner's that good. Okay. As someone who has him on my fantasy hockey team, I don't think he's that good of a goaltender. Okay. I really don't. I I will have the the Oilers are somewhere else in my list. I thought about keeping them out. They're going to be in there. I just wanted to preface that because I look, I the, Yeah, they they're on a 14 game heater. They sure are. But they're going to run out of steam so hard. They're going to run out of gas. They're going to run out of oil, so to speak. Oh, good one, James. Uh, that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're doing 10-9-8. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. And if you don't have okay. them in your top 10, you're kidding yourself because they've don't. won 6 of 7. Kucherov is the first to 80 points. And this is the time of the year, if anyone can remember the last decade of uh, hockey, that this is when the Tampa Bay Lightning turn on the gas and – they make their playoff push, and yeah, th- this is just happening. You have to accept it. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going to make the playoffs whether you like it or not. Uh, number nine is the New York Rangers. They obviously haven't fell out of grace uh, entirely. Uh, they're getting there. If if you had <laughs> asked me a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah the Rangers would have been near the, near the top five, if not in the top five. Now they find themselves at number nine. We already discussed their issues. I think they're going to fix them, so I'm, I'm not worried about them. Carolina Hurricanes find me at number eight. Uh, I've I've been very happy with how they've been playing. I think Spencer Martin played an excellent game against the Bruins last night. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you can't have Spencer Martin as your as your starting goaltender if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. With that said, I think that they play a great brand of hockey. They play a physical and fast brand of hockey, which you don't find very often with a lot of teams. Uh, I I think they they uh, they deserve that number eight spot. So now we're gonna keep going. We're gonna go seven six five. So for me, I got number seven is the Edmonton Oilers, which James somehow doesn't have on his list. No, no they're in my Absurd. they're in my list. They're in my list. Don't worry. Don't uh, worry. Okay, I, I guess we'll we'll hear from James mm. later on. Uh, actually, next, but the reason why I don't have the Oilers higher, despite the fact that I believe they're on a fourteen game win streak, is the fact that they haven't really been tested too hard in this stretch. I mean, you look at the teams they've beaten: the Blue Jackets, the Flames, the Kraken. They beat the Leafs in their in the Leafs' hard stretch. I mean. 
the they're be- playing the Blackhawks tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. That that must be a difficult win. I mean, the best team that they've beaten was like the Rangers. They beat the Leafs. The yeah, but that was in their horrid stretch when the when the Leafs were just blowing every game, uh, elite every game. So I have the Oilers at number seven. Um, I do think they could move up if they are able to beat teams like the Golden Knights, which comes up in three games, and then the Stars, which comes up uh, in about a little less than a month. And that brings me to number six, which is... Do you guys know the last team to beat the Edmonton Oilers? It's the New York Islanders. Oh, it is. Good one. Sorry, continue. Oh my gosh, she's going to put like the Islanders in his. No, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> but that brings me to the Dallas Stars, who I just mentioned, who are my number six team. And this team, they're just always there. They have a lot of good guys uh, from Robertson to... Um, um, why am I... Oh, Jake Ottinger. I blanked on his name for a second. They, they're known for choking in the playoffs at certain times, but I do think they have been pretty solid. Yes, I know the last team to beat the Stars is also the New York Islanders. <laughs> I didn't Before know Nick that. To mention that. <laughs> well, it was um, two games ago. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Stars have had a couple of bad losses. They they lost the Predators 6-3, to um, and then they lost to the Flyers 5-1. to But I do think they're going to pull it together. They've had a lot of solid play throughout this whole season. That's number six team. Number five, right above them, I have the Colorado Avalanche, the champions from a couple of years ago, who, as Nick headbutts his microphone. Sorry, boys. I would have had them a little bit higher, but they got their rear ends kicked in by the Boston Bruins 5-2, to two, which ha- uh, had to bring them down a notch. And then they beat they got beaten by the Canadians 4-3 to three, not long before that. So, um, Although a, f- a few games before that, they did beat the Leafs, the Knights, and the Bruins uh, all back-to-back-to-back. So... Um, and then two games before that was beating the Stars, so I do think this team is also very good. Um, you know, Nathan McKinnon, uh, some solid goaltending, not not fantastic, but very, very rock solid. So, um, you know, better than, I guess, the Oilers could say. Um, and so I think they'll definitely be there down the stretch in the playoffs. And James, 7-6-5. I have the Oilers at 7. All right. For the same reasons you said, and I'll, and I'll, I'll go back to what I said before. Yeah, 14-game heater. They're nasty. We know that. Gross. But look at their blue line. And then look at look at their look at look at who they got in goal, man. Like I look, I don't know. Sco- Stuart Skinner was a Calder candidate not too long ago. I thought that was he was much overrated then. I still think he's overrated now. I think look, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the Pacific Division. I think they're going to run out of steam before the playoffs even starts, and I think in the playoffs they're going to get exposed by a better 200-foot hockey team than they are, because they always are. I have to say, I think, I really liked what Jay Woodcroft did with them last year. I thought they, they, they looked more like a team than they ever had in the McDavid era under Woodcroft last year. But And I was seriously against them firing him early on in the season. But Knobloch, who, you know, I was saying, maybe you bring him in and have coach the uh, the New York Rangers, being the former Hartford Wolfpack uh, coach. Instead, Edmonton poaches him, and they've been, a really good hockey team ever since. I still don't think that they play enough 200-foot hockey for me to put them in the top five, for me to say that they're going to be a cup contender legitimately in the playoffs. I I think there's at least four or five teams in the Western Conference who I comfortably put ahead of them as making on a better cup run. I don't have the Stars wow. in my top ten, and I feel upset about this. Wow. I don't have the Stars in my top ten. Whoa. They're the first team. They're 11, but they're a close 11. I still think the Stars probably, if they met in the playoffs, probably take out the Oilers. So you're sticking the Rangers over the 
over the Dallas Stars. I am for the, I am for now. Good heavens, I am for now. All right, well let, let let's let's talk five six seven. Well, um, I, I didn't I didn't. Oh, I didn't, you, right, I, right, seven's right. Oilers. Six six is the Panthers. Six is the Panthers. I think am I the first one to put the Panthers in there? You are. I I I think it's kind of criminal we haven't even mentioned them yet on this episode, let alone just for the power rankings. Because well, who said they're not higher in our rankings? They could be higher in your rankings. I don't know. Would would you have them in your top five? Uh, they're not in my top five. Oh, there but, you go. And then five, I have Vegas. And I know we're not the biggest fans of Vegas here. But, guys, when they're on their game, they're the toughest team to beat in the National Hockey League. Doesn't make my top ten. I When they're on their game, there's no team that's better than them. I have to put them at five. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, with that said, the Dallas Stars are my number seven. Uh, Rupe Hints is awesome. See, I love the stars. I feel bad about <laughs> I, love the, yeah. I love the stars. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Wedgwood real quick because My guy. in the absence of Jake Ottinger, he played better than Jake Ottinger, which is wild to me. Uh, I think the stars are a really solid That's hockey team just through and through. Uh, it's six. I have the Panthers just as you had Jamesy. Uh, I think the Panthers are a solid hockey team, and I think I would classify them the same way you classified Vegas, to where if they're on their game, they are mm-hmm. one of the hardest teams to beat in the NHL. Just absolutely relentless. Um, number five, I have the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, this team, you, you brought up their goaltending, Will, and I'm glad you did. Uh, Gior- Georgiev, what, what, an, what an enigma, right? Because going up to, I think, about a week or two ago, he had the most wins in the NHL which should should signify the fact that he's an elite goaltender. He is not. His 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 uh save percentage was sitting right around 900, which you know is not great, not terrible. But yeah, they got to figure that out. Uh other than that, they have the four most talented players in the league. Not sorry. Not the four most talented players of the league, but the best top 4 certainly of any team in the NHL with, you know, McKinnon, Nachuskin, Makar, and Rantanen. Yeah. I mean, that those top 4 just absolutely absurd. Uh, so yeah, th- those are those are my seven six five. It goes stars, Panthers, Avalanche. Notice how I haven't said the Edmonton Oilers yet. No. Wow. So I guess that means we got Nick Palmer with the Edmonton Oilers in his top four. Maybe I hate not. Them. I don't know. Um, but we'll swing it back around to him later. And so now I got four three two, and then James. I know you mentioned that it was criminal that we hadn't mentioned the Florida Panthers you got him yet. Four. But the Florida Panthers are my number four. Nice, yeah. Will. Good. That's a, good. that's a really good pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, this team is just really good all around. They have had some inconsistencies, but they they basically win every single time it really matters. Uh, if you look at the way they played this season against all the good teams, they basically whacked a lot of the good teams. The Avalanche eight to four. The Golden Knights four to one. Um, they beat the Kings three to two, uh, even though the the Kings were in their slide already by then. Uh, Golden Knights they beat four to two before that. Um, so this team just knows how to beat team the good teams, and unfortunately they tend to lose to some bad teams, which is very weird. But again, like like we saw last year in the playoffs, they turn it up when it matters, you know. And they have so many good players: Carter Verhage, Matthew Kachuk. Um, they have Bobrovsky. I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, this team made it to the Stanley know. Cup final for a reason. And you don't play bad play uh, bad teams in the playoffs, do you? Will you only play good teams in the playoffs? Correct. This is true. So uh, there, that's my number four yeah, team. That's, that's that's a good point. And then at number three, we have the Winnipeg Jets. Despite the fact that they did lose to the Maple Leafs last night, they'll get a chance to bounce back against those same Maple Leafs 
on Saturday. Uh, they also lost to the Bruins before that, 4-1, to so not the best look. And they lost to the Flyers in the last five games as well. But I do still have a lot of faith in this team. Very good 5-on-5 team. And, you know, the Flyers also beat the Stars in that stretch, so give them a little pass for that. And then the, the Maple Leafs, um, you know, they're, they're when the Maple Leafs are on, you know, on their P's and Q's, they are a very good team, and they absolutely were last night. Plus, um, Hellebuck was not in the net last night for the Jets, despite the fact that Brassois is still very good. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit of a pass there. And then the Bruins, well, that's my number two team. Because the Boston Bruins, despite the fact that they choked last year against the number four team in my power rankings, the Florida Panthers, they did lose to the Hurricanes last night, but they have been on an absolute tear before that. Um, they they beat the Avalanche in that tear as well. They went to overtime against the Golden Knights and lost, unfortunately for them, but they also beat the Avalanche. Uh, oh, my fault. They did lose to the Avalanche a little bit before that. Um, that was in their little iffy stretch, but I do think that this team... You know, considering the fact that they have um, Omark and Swayman, and then you still have so many good, uh, so many good forwards like David Pasternak, I think this team is uh, a lock to be the number one seed in the Atlantic Division. And uh, I don't know that might that might give away my number one, but I'm gonna swing it to James for four three two before I give. I think we one. might all have the same number one. Do we? I mean, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, four. I've got uh, it's a couple team a team we've already talked about a little bit. Colorado. Uh, I think that they're one of the biggest heavyweights in the West, and they're gonna reclaim that spot again. I think Georgiev is underrated, yeah. personally. I, you know, as as a goaltender, he's he's usually one of the goaltenders that people point to is like, look how good this team is without an elite goaltender. I'm like, he's decent though. Like, he's not he's not he's not Stuart he's, Skinner. He's great great no, under no, he's, the king. He's, honestly, he's not Hellebuck. He's not Hellebuck. No, but he no is, one is. But he is certainly quality for sure. Three, I've got Boston. I, I've been very impressed and even surprised by how good the Bruins were this year. Um, it looked like they didn't lose Patrice Bergeron, uh, and they've been pretty spectacular. So I have to give them a lot of credit where credit's due. And then number two, I've got Winnipeg. Because they do have Hellebuck. Yeah. They do. Oh, mm-hmm. Boy, do they have Hellebuck. <laughs> yeah. That guy's pretty good at hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number four is the Edmonton Oilers. Because you, as much as I hate this team (laughs) they are the bane of the pacific division this team found out how to work on the blue line Mm. they have not given up three goals in a game since december 23rd that's good for them good heavens i mean darnell nurse having a great year cody sessi having a great year matthias ekholm having a great year evan bouchard so evan bouchard's been given his flowers lately i would say so underrated um if you have a good solid top four defense with the top six forwards sorry with top the top two three forwards, forwards too <laughs> well let's give Nugent Hopkins his due he's All a very right, solid Nuge. player right. um that's that's a recipe for success and Stuart Skinner's been playing well recently. That's all you need, dude. This peep as soon as they go on the power play, you know this team is probably gonna score. Mm-hmm. I mean what it's it's Hyman, Nugent Hopkins Dreisaitl, McDavid, McDavid, Bouchard. Bouchard. Yeah, it's pretty sexy. You you can't hope to save a goal against that line. Uh, and, and you know what? They do draw a lot of penalties because of the speed that they have. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of ifs there. 
lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. If Stuart Skinner plays well. But man, is it hard to play disciplined against the the Edmonton Oilers. Incredibly hard. It's so difficult. So that's why I have them at number four. They're going to continue their success, as both of you mentioned, four-team game heater. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, Next, I have the Winnipeg Jets at number three. Uh, This team is complete. This team is shockingly complete because of the veterans that have just woken up in the last Mm -hmm. year, and I think that's been great for them. Uh, yeah, the Winnipeg Jets, I don't know if they're going to continue this ridiculous road of success as I feel like it might be starting to taper off a little bit. Uh, with that said, they haven't done enough to prove me otherwise. They sit at number three. And at number two, this is the biggest coin flip for me between number two and number one. Because boy, do I hate the Boston Bruins, right? Despise them. <laughs> Number two is the Boston Bruins mm. because, because they lost them. last night. And that is my only reason that the Boston that Bruins won. are number two. Because you didn't beat the Carolina Hurricanes and you should have. Hold on a second. So we've all got we've all got the same number one, wait, haven't we? Hold on. That's wait, annoying. wait, wait. Yes, we do all have the same number one. It is unanimous. But what's very interesting is that, Nick, you said that the Bruins are number two because they lost last night. But interestingly enough, this unanimous number one team they also did, they lost did also <laughs> last night. They lost in overtime. But they got a the point. Bruins they got lost a point. in TD Garden, which is something to be said because the Bruins don't lose in TD Garden. And but, Vancouver got a point. But the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes. And Vancouver, who I guess we'll say now is the number one consensus. What are you talking about? I had the Sharks. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. Well, okay. Why, why they th- won last night <laughs> because the, the Sharks won last night. The other night, I don't know when that was the game. Last no, night? that was last no, night was last well, uh, against the Rangers. No, it was two nights. It was two nights. Oh, that was two nights ago. Sorry, I was still celebrating. It felt like last night. <laughs> but anyway, this Canucks team <laughs> leads the NHL in point differential at plus fifty-eight. Leads the entire NHL in points with sixty-nine, and uh, I think this team is a lock to win the Pacific Division. I don't think the Golden Knights are catching up to this team. I mean, this team has a lot of depth. Uh, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Thatcher Demko are a few of their great players, just to name a few. You guys ready for a crazy take? He thinks the Golden Knights are winning the Pacific. No, 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 no. Oh, you That's don't? I, was, I, think the, I think the Canucks will. Oh. I, I was going to say, I think Quinn Hughes could win the heart. I think he should win the heart. This is interesting. I think Quinn Hughes should win the heart trophy. I think he's been the best player in the National Hockey League this year. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. he quarterbacks that team. And if you look at, if you look at offensive uh, chances created... Oh, give me that stat. Quinn Hughes is more than two per game higher than the next defenseman. Oh, good heavens. Yeah. Who's number two? Adam Fox. Where does Kale? Kale is, is close to Fox. It's fo- it's 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 there's Quinn Hughes at like five point seven. Okay. And then like Fox and McCarr are like three point five ish range. Five point seven. That's 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 how efficient Quinn Hughes is. That's how good he is. You know, I was confused when they named him the captain. I was like young guy, a team with some veterans in, in and around the, in the group. He's not going to New Jersey now. Well, look, I look. it's too good to be true anyway. But Quinn Hughes is that guy. He's him. More than Kale McCarr has ever him. been. Yep. Yep. I mean. That's K- the best defenseman in the league. I know though. he is, but he's never had a year like this. So I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving Quinn Hughes his flowers where he deserves it. He should. He's my pick for the Hart Trophy right now. That's, I honestly love the, that. Like the Norris isn't a discussion. No. He should win the Hart. The heart's a big category. I would put. Though. I would put. I would. I know the heart's a big category. Obviously, Kucherov's in there right yes. now. Um, 
80 Depen- points. Depending, depending, on how, depending on how the Oilers really finish the year, McDavid could work his way back into that discussion. Yes. Um, he and gave I w- them a head start. And I would say Connor Hellebuck's in that discussion absolutely as well. Panarin? It's been a, a Paner- Panarin's in the discussion when's, for when's sure. When's the last time a goaltender won the heart? Uh, Carey Price, 2013? I believe that's correct. I don't know if it, I don't have the year right, but it's Carey Price is the last goalie to win the. Hard yeah, draft. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is he having a? Because mm, twenty fifteen, twenty fifteen. Yeah, the Canucks are a great team, man. I mean, there's a reason they Jimmy have Quinn Hughes. What What do they have? Four, five All Star representatives this year. They 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 had the they won the two. You know how each division gets two more players to vote in. No, I know it was two more. Canucks. It was two more. Canucks. So I believe they have it's, four. It's Miller, Miller, Patterson. Demko. I think Demko, Patterson, and Besser. Hughes. I don't, Hughes. Th- I don't know if Besser's in. You don't know if Besser. No it. idea. Deserved it, kind of. Probably. Yeah. Besser's I mean, having a great year too. You look around the NHL. There's so many guys that get snubbed every year. So many guys that get snubbed. But yeah, the Canucks. I who who had them? Raise of hands. Who who had them anywhere near this discussion? I can show you where I had them before the season started. Oh, g- you better pull this up yeah, because I had like them twenty something. Yeah. I had them. I don't know if I had them last in the Pacific, but I, I certainly sixth had them in the second. Pacific. I had them beneath. Calgary and Seattle. What fools we look now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Five on Three from the professor of puck, Nick Palmer, the dean of dangles, James Burley, and the secretary of slap shots, myself, Will Jing. Thank you for listening. And this podcast was a production of WFUV Sports.